0: You're listening to The Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of The Red Wave Report. I am Lucio Ric your host and producer of the show. And of course, I'm being joined by my co-host, Mr. Lorenzo Rena.
1: You know, I missed that music. I mean, I, I had to get up and dance because it's been a while.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it has been a while, but we've just been kind of holding off until the season got underway. And well, as, if you're not aware, as of today, Fresno State had its media days for fall camp. And, uh, well, let's just say things are going to get started. And we're we're about to get ourselves pretty busy in the next few weeks, aren't we? And so, speaking
1: of busy, how about Fresno State on the recruiting trail?
0: Well, that that's one of the reasons why we're on today. Because Fresno State, at this point, it's been pretty much unprecedented. They have landed a total of seven commitments for the... 2017 recruiting class and uh, it there's no looks that they're you know going to slow down at any time soon. So uh, I know Lorenzo's going to have some thoughts on what's going on and it's, it's kind of crazy, isn't it, Lorenzo? I mean, uh, they have more commits than some of those other teams out there.
1: You know what? Here's what I dug up. Fresno State, believe it or not, actually has more verbal commitments for the 2017 class than UCLA. UCLA. I mean, usually usually UCLA has somewhere around like 10-15 granted I did ha- hear from a source earlier today who's told me that there may have been like some kind of like academic discrepancy as to why some of these kids are decommitted from UCLA but still I mean normally you hear the Bruins like killing it on the recruiting trail with Jim Mora but lately you've got Fresno State who's been like the major player especially in the Mountain West and in just out west in general, with trying to pilfer so many talented kids. And just not only that, the seven that Fresno State has right now, it's actually more than what Boise State has, more than what San Diego State has, more than what San Jose State has, and more than what Utah State has for both teams.
0: Yeah, it's been pretty amazing. I mean, I can't remember the last time Fresno State had this many commits at this point in the season, which basically is before the season's even begun. They already have seven. And uh, I think last year at this point, uh, if I remember correctly, they had maybe one commit at this point last year.
1: Yeah, normally, like in in previous years, we're so used to just seeing one or two guys committed by August. But then that number starts to inflate once the season is over. Now, the thing is, is that, I mean, normally we see Fresno State land two verbal commits by August. And that number normally inflates by December or January, also like toward the end of National Signing Day. But, you know, the seven commitments and the fact that it's actually higher than some some bold teams. I mean, you have to give credit what credit is due with the coaching staff and being able to really like find ways to get kids interested in Fresno State, especially considering, as you remember, Lucio, this was a team that was three and nine last year.
0: Yeah. And it's making it would have theoretically would make their jobs a little harder uh, unless the recruits are actually thinking that, hey, this might be a place where I can go and actually have an opportunity to start sooner rather than later. And maybe that's maybe that's part of the driving force behind what the coaching staff is doing as far as getting these kids interested. But they're doing a great job. And who do you think is probably the main catalyst behind the success that Fresno
1: State is having? You know, I've talked to a lot of kids um, who end up committing to Fresno State or who have Fresno State on their short list. They point to two names, Eric Keyshawn, the new offensive coordinator, and Burl Toler, the new wide receivers coach. It goes to show you that Keyshawn and Toller, they have a pretty significant track record of doing some damage on the recruiting trail. And they've just been a welcome sigh of relief for Tim DeRuiter. And just the rest of the Federal State staff in general, because, you know, to me, I can't really think of a guy who was on Deruder's previous staff who had this much aggression, but also this much success with landing so many recruits at this time.
0: No. And in fact, this is probably, you know, it's been a pretty smooth year as far as recruiting is is concerned, because. They, um, you know, they changed their strategy this year. Uh, at one point, they they put out over a hundred uh, offers. And you know, of course, I've been weeding those out as the year has been going on. But to put out that many offers, it looks like that strategy is starting to pay off because they're starting to pick up interest from recruits a lot earlier than normal, and it's it's gonna pay out in dividends for the Fresno State Bulldogs. And uh, I don't know, Lorenzo. I mean, seven at this point. But what's the most amazing thing is recently uh, three of those seven were landed within a – I believe was within a 48-hour time span, wasn't
1: it? Yeah. I've never seen that in all my years of following Fresno State. I've never seen three kids commit just in one weekend in general. I mean it started July 31st and it continued until August the 1st.
0: And and I mean, three of those players are actually positions that, uh, well, two of those players are positions that are are sorely needed. And one just is pretty much going to add depth because I, I'm pretty sure you're aware right now the quarterback situation is completely different, different at Fresno State than it was a year ago. And mm-hmm. I, I mean different, I mean completely different, like night and day. I mean... You might not even recognize some of the players that are on this team this year. <laughs> and they went ahead and landed another quarterback commit. So, why don't we start off with him? Um, I believe he goes by the name uh, in a, of Burston. I, I, I don't remember his first name, but I'm pretty Cameron sure he's Burston. Yes. Cameron
1: Burston is his name.
0: And he is, from what I can tell, he looks like a beast on film. Um, so, Lorenzo, why don't you break him down a little bit for us?
1: Yes, yeah, so you know what? He's a dual-freg guy, sort of like in the mold of a Chasen Virgil. Kind of looks a little bit taller than Chasen. As it was when he was at Stellar Prep in Hayward, I felt that he was more of a legit fit for Fresno State instead of San Jose State, where he originally committed to now. From what I understood, there was some kind of like high school academic issue that he ran into, which... Unfortunately prevented him from going to San Jose State and ended up a contra casa But you know what he took advantage of that opportunity to still stay up north and fine-tune his game I mean he did an excellent job of taking that to his advantage because I'm looking at his ability to launch the deep ball Which is a huge plus for him, but his ability to make plays when under duress I mean he's clearly a hard guy to bring down to sack and I mean, I wouldn't doubt that a lot of defensive coordinators at the junior college level had a hard time trying to game plan against a guy like Burston. So, I mean, I feel like that this is I don't want to go out and say that this is a perfect fit for Fresno State, but I think it's actually a pretty solid move to bring in a guy of Burston's caliber. And again, I've always felt that he was more better suited for Fresno State, especially in this new offense the Bulldogs are looking to try to commit to.
0: And, of course, he's going to have to – once he arrives on campus, uh, I'm not – from what we were talking about, it doesn't look like it's going to be this year. It's going to be the following year. Uh, Are you you
1: under the same? Yeah, he's an early commit. I mean, from what I understood, he still has another year left at Contra Costa. So – and plus the timing of it too wouldn't make sense either just to rush over here and maybe like – Miss out on two days of camp just to get situated then try to learn the offense as much as possible But you know what he's an intriguing prospect especially at a position that to me is still much pressing need the quarterback position because you're still going to lose that Klein next year to graduation and there's no telling if there's going to be one or two guys who either stay with the program or decide that they want to transfer so i mean it's still a position of need
0: yeah and and from what we can tell something something's going to have to give uh because i mean with burston coming in next season um somebody's probably i mean klein is going to be graduating so he's going to be gone uh, but that if all the quarterbacks stay next season, that'll leave you with uh, Chase and Virgil, um, A- Anderson, and then that will also leave you with uh, Quentin Davis, Mark Salazar, who's coming in, and now Burston. So that'll leave you with five quarterbacks. So something's going to have to give there going, going into the next season. Uh, whether all of them are going to be staying sticking around, that's yet to be seen. Uh, I'm,
1: I'm I'm guessing normally, one at yeah. least one of them is going to be gone. And normally too, when you when you're a college football program and you end up with five quarterbacks, there's always going to be that one quarterback who wants to venture off and look for other possibilities. I mean, it happened already with Zach Greenley, and it's happened to plenty of former Fresno State Bulldog quarterbacks in the past.
0: And if, I mean, if I if I were to be a gambling man. As to who probably from that group would probably might be leaving my bets would probably be on Anderson because that would be the most the one that makes makes the most sense as far as finding an opportunity to play somewhere, especially if Jason Virgil wins the starting position this this upcoming season. It's going to be hard for him to let it go the next season. So uh, Kilton Anderson is just going to have that much of a problem trying to get some playing time next season. So he would logically be the one that would probably end up leaving. But you know, I've been wrong before, so I'm not gonna. I'm <laughs> I'm just get, taking a estimated guess here.
1: Yeah, same thing with us too. I mean, it's like I mean. I guess the only time you ever truly guess is when you're like have a test in front of you, like the SAT <laughs> or whatever. But we're not in that position though. No, but, no. But you know, I'm with you too. I'm with you too because I just when I look at Kilton Anderson's Fresno State career, it's just I mean, it's really hasn't panned out. And I mean, to save the trouble of trying to stick it out and just try to fight and pursue like whatever starting position actually does occur for Fresno State. I mean. I just feel like that he's at a point in his career where he can write it out for the rest of the year and then look to see what other possibilities are out there.
0: Yeah, and so he would be the you know logically would be the one that would probably end up leaving. But you know we'll have to keep an eye on that. We'll know more once once we get deeper into the season. We'll probably start to pick up some fillers of what's going to happen there. Um, But the one of the next players coming in uh out of those last three commits that just recently happened we've got uh june uh, am i
1: pronouncing that right Patrick? june he's of haitian descent
0: uh, you know that's i look at the spelling and i um, i want to say Jayune, but it's it's just june and so he looks like to be another good pickup for fresno state don't you think
1: It's a solid pickup, especially when you consider that San Diego State and Nevada, two Mountain West rivals, were actually in the running for this kid, and he decides to stay closer to home and decides to give Fresno State a chance. Now, when I look at June on film, I mean, it's one thing to be able to have 4'5", 4'6", speed, but just how he's able to use it. I mean, I noticed that he just has this explosive second gear that comes on at the right moment when he touches the football. I mean, he's clearly, he's clearly a guy that Morningside wants to give the football to, especially on the deep passes. So I wouldn't doubt that Fresno State probably wants that element, even though they want to go more toward a run-based offense. But, you know, I think I really feel like that when I look closer and closer at June, he kind of looks as if he could be a young Josh Harper. Now, granted, Harper didn't have like the, the best speed, but just his reliable hands and his ability to stretch the field on special occasions. So, I mean, June, June to me looks like a legit deep threat down the road for Fresno State.
0: Now, June marks the first time Fresno State has picked up a wide receiver in the last two to three seasons. Uh, you know, of their own volition. Last, I, I, I understand people are going to say, well, what about Reed from last season? Well, Reed was a, a last minute addition to fresno state with the help of ucla and it wasn't really going to happen if not for ucla being able to kind of massage things and get you know reed into fresno state but of course we all know how that turned out reed ultimately left the program and so basically fresno state did not pick up a wide receiver uh during the uh, the regular recruiting period
1: and i also want to point out too that i mean i don't anticipate June to be the only wide receiver commit. I've talked to at least two kids. I'm going to mention their names, Damon Cole and Drake Stallworth. These two kids have Fresno State on their short list, and all signs are indicating that they're going to choose the Bulldogs. Now, I could be wrong, but but from what I've learned, when kids actually have Fresno State on their short list, when they tell me Fresno State's on their short list, they end up going to Fresno State
0: and and you've been following these these two kids for a while now and you've had you have a close relationship as far as being able to communicate with them more often so with your fillers you're picking up that Fresno State might be the front runner as far as where they're going to choose to go and if that's the case you know Fresno State could end up landing what well, in a short period of time three wide receivers in one season that's that's pretty good for a for a position that Fresno State Is really this year is it's a question mark right now? I'm not really sure what we have there yet.
1: It is, and not only that. We mentioned this on our Bulldog Insider podcast, the video podcast, that even though wide receiver may not be like a, a important necessity for this new offense that Fresno State plans to run, it's still an important position because you still need depth. I mean, outside of Aaron Peck, everybody else at wide receiver is a huge question mark.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've got Hardaway who came back from, I believe he's coming back from an injury. Mm -hmm. Um, And then everybody else really hasn't really shown much. So, you know, Fresno doesn't really know what they have there yet because uh, who knows? I mean, it might have been the receivers or it could have been the play of the quarterback that kind of
1: added to the situation of the wide receivers. Well, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, I mean... You can have the best wide receivers, the fastest wide receivers, and the most talented wide receivers in the world. You still need a quarterback, a consistent quarterback who could get them to football. And I just felt like that element was not there last year. And to me, it hasn't been there since Derek Carr.
0: No, and and all of last year, there's multiple times where you could see blown reads by the quarterback. Wide open wide receivers running down the field that the quarterback didn't even see. I mean, it, it was just, it, it was kind of a, a nightmare last season. And and hopefully this season uh, with the addition of eric Keesaw coming in uh, some of that can get corrected and you know some of the quarterback play increases
1: and apparently uh, the good thing from keysaw from what i've read and gathered is that his area of expertise is quarterback and he's been able to work with quarterbacks at alabama cal washington and so as it is, I mean, it's it sounding like, and I mentioned this earlier, a lot of kids who commit to Fresno State, they point at Keyshawn as one of the main catalysts why they choose Fresno State. So, I mean, I know the season hasn't started yet, and I I know it's still kind of a wait-and-see approach for guys like us, but, you know, Keyshawn's already starting to win me over. I don't know if he's won you over yet.
0: Uh, he definitely has. I mean, I, I had an opportunity to actually watch him uh, a few weeks back during the spring um, and he was, you know, breath of fresh air, if I could say that. I mean, he was, uh, y- y- you could feel the difference, uh, as far as the energy that he was putting on the field with, with the coaching of the quarterbacks and, and even the wide receivers at some point. And you're. If all indications are correct, you're going to see a different kind of an attitude with this offense this upcoming season. And I'll, I'll find out more once uh, once practice starts tomorrow morning.
1: And as it is, I mean, granted, like, I wasn't really around Fresno State last year or the last two years. But all indications were telling me that Dave Schramm just wasn't mesh- meshing well with his players. Hence why they wanted to bring in more, a more player-friendly coach like Shaw. So as it was from what I gathered as well is that Keisha has this reputation of being sort of like this player coach. And it, I mean, from what it sounds like, especially from what you just mentioned, it's starting to rub off.
0: Oh yeah, it's definitely rubbing off. And that with the addition of also uh, Joe Bernardi in, in the coaching staff has made a tremendous uh, difference. I mean, Bernardi brings that energy. I mean, he's, he's like a little kid running around on the field. And at one point re- I, I saw him skipping on the field.
1: You know, he used to skip during his playing days. I mean, he's, he's he's sort of like that locker room funny man that Fresno State used to have. And he was actually one of my more favorite players to cover and interview during my time at the Collegian. But, you know, he's another guy who's bringing that youthful exuberance that Fresno State, to me, really lacked last year. Same thing with Toler as well. So they're bringing in these guys who can closely relate to these kids, especially considering that they're actually not that much older than them.
0: No, nah, and uh, he he relates to these kids really well, and that's that. When you have a coach that relates to the players, uh, it it makes a big difference because they they tend to trust them a lot better and uh, and take instruction a lot better with uh, with those types of coaches. But you know, there was three of those that three recruits in the last forty eight hours in that forty eight hour time span. And another one was a position that Fresno State has really been focusing on in the last two to three seasons, and that's the cornerback position. And I believe his name is Darius Outland, and you, you actually interviewed him uh, earlier on in, in the season. Uh, am I mm-hmm. correct on this one? Or Yes,
1: yep, Darius Outland, yep.
0: So what more uh, about Darius can you tell uh, the Bulldog faithful?
1: You know, I love his speed, more so his closing speed. I noticed a lot in his huddle film that he does an excellent job of taking what I'd like to call safety free safety like angles and just being able to zero in on the football. He's been able to also gain some good leverage when it comes to tackling. I don't I don't watch him, I don't I didn't catch him wrapping people up like from the shoulder pads up. He goes after Denise, he goes after the legs. So, he does an excellent job of maintaining his leverage when it comes to tackles. So, Speed wise though, speed wise is the most intriguing aspect, especially when you consider that in the Mountain West, you actually do deal with a lot of speed, especially at San Diego State, Utah State, San Jose State, Boise State. I mean, even New Mexico, even New Mexico runs an offense that's built on speed. So very imperative to bring in guys who could run that 4 5, that 4 6, and that's the kind of caliber player that Darius Atlin is. He's a guy who could run a 40 in that time and knows how to use it to his advantage.
0: And of course, you know, that's a position that uh, for for years uh, a lot of the Red Wave complained about that they weren't able to get the right type of caliber player in there. You know, ever since some of the, the top cornerbacks from Fresno State left the program, it's been kind of a hard position for fresno state to fill um but they were able to pick up one last season uh taekwon glass who filled in nicely and they at the beginning of this you know this year it looked like fresno state was going to have a solid group uh but with the addition of uh danquan brown but has since then left the program so it left another hole but We'll find out who's going to fill that hole once the the practices
1: start. But and, and back to Outland, just real quick. I mean, the one not that I could think of, I didn't really see much of the uh, ball hawking um, or more more turnovers on his end. Now. Granted, I wouldn't doubt that when opponents were going against university and they're throwing the football, I wouldn't doubt that they hesitated to throw it to his side. So there's that part of me that wants to see him get like five, six interceptions. That way it cements my case that this guy's a legit ball hawk. But he does have a nose and a good angle pursuit for the football.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's where I was going to go. I was going to say you know he looks like he's a really good addition to add great depth to to a position that is always sorely needed at Fresno State. and for, they have been you know really focusing on that position in the last two to three seasons and it looks like it's starting to pay off. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree Lorenzo? I mean they're they're starting to pick up some of these good players that can actually play the
1: position. Well, I mean, it's the jury's out still because, I mean, it's nice to get those pickups, but can those guys produce? That's the big question that I I have. And another thing, too, is that with Brown also leaving a void, I mean, another guy who is also supposed to be this impact player right away was A.J. Greeley, a local product from Edison. Now, unfortunately, he's at nearby Fresno City. But either way you look at it, Fresno State – Still needed to be in a position where they had to load up on corners.
0: Yeah, and and you mentioned Greeley, and Greeley is still not not out of the question. Fresno State could still pick him up uh, later on.
1: Uh, and Greeley also mentioned too that he would still consider the Bulldogs, so it's still something to keep a close eye on.
0: Yeah, so and and that's one that I've I've actually heard uh, that Greeley is still has Fresno State on his list, whether or not uh, Fresno will extend the offer back out to him once Greeley is available and has has fixed his grade issues. Uh, I mean, because that's ultimately what
1: did him in, was his grades. It was his academics. And back to Allen just one more time, he actually has some special teams expertise as well. I've seen him block punts. So that can also be an element that Fresno State hasn't had in a while.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that's something... uh, Gosh, who was the last return threat that Fresno State had. I mean, was that Clifton Smith? That would, well, did it on a in, consistent in terms basis, of like blocking
1: punts, though.
0: Oh, blocking punts. Okay, I I was thinking more of a returner, but uh,
1: blo- yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I I tend to like people who can block punts. I mean, I don't <laughs> mind punt returns, but well, I mean, if I'm a special team coach, I want guys blocking punts. Well, and Allen has a Allen has a background in that too.
0: Well, and that's a and that's a thing that Fresno State once was famous for was blocking kicks on a consistent on, on a consistent basis, and that's. Pretty much disappeared in the last few years, so uh, it would be nice to see if Fresno State would be able to kind of uh, you know do that again and 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 catch lightning in a bottle and just kind of kind of get it going again. I mean, it's it's a, a thing that's kind of disappeared, and it's something that I loved watching was how how many times they were able to block kicks. So. But uh, you know we're we're gonna see what's gonna happen. I mean, because like I said, today was the was the press conference for fall camp, and tomorrow is the first official, um, you know, the practices. first official practice for the fall. And Jackson and I will be out at the practices to kind of kind of gauge and see what's going on, and kind of see who is on the field, who's not there. I mean, we've got we've got an updated roster. But I bet you anything, tomorrow that roster will be updated again. I mean, that's just the way things happen. Uh, they they keep updating it on a consistent basis. I if I remember correctly, last season, uh, I went out there for like th- three or four straight days, and the roster kept changing for those three or four days. I mean, they kept adding more and more players on, and it was it was kind of it's kind of ridiculous at one point.
1: It's usually the preferred walk-ons that they add.
0: Yeah, I mean they, they're coming into the program late. Um, one that came on uh, late that um, ended up being a really good one was Taquan Glass. Uh, mm-hmm. Jackson and I noticed him really late into the fall uh, practices, and that's that was a steal for the for the Bulldogs. So
1: you know, if- as it is, there actually is two notable names who are coming in late but are actually local products and guys who could potentially fill a need. Kalon Milton, who's coming in to play corner, a kid from Buchanan and also Fresno City, and at linebacker, Tanner Rice from Clovis High. And I was a huge fan of watching Rice play during his high school years.
0: Now, tell me a little bit more about Rice. That's one that I haven't really, um, um, I'm not really well versed with Rice. What's more about him?
1: He has a background in wrestling, as a lot of Clovis High football players do. So with that in mind, he knows how to win the pad level battle. Another thing, too, was that when I saw him at passing down, he was really instinctive. I was actually blown away by how he was able to close quick on receivers. Now, I don't know what kind of adjustment period he's going to have with Fresno State's defense because he was kind of in a very complicated scheme at Clovis High. There was a lot of three- and sometimes four-man fronts that Clovis High would run. It was an exotic defense, but he shined really well. He's more of a run-stuffer, though, and... I mean, that should spell good news for Fresno State, especially if he works his way into the starting lineup because, as we saw last year, a lot of teams had tons and tons of success running the football against the Bulldogs.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, something that the Bulldogs have uh, have struggled with for the last few years is, is stopping the run or even just slowing it down at times.
1: And I also will add this. I mean, I mentioned how Rice comes from Clovis Hive. When you really think about it, Former Clovis Cougars have actually had success being a Fresno State Bulldog. Sean Plummer was a former Clovis High Cougar who ultimately worked his way into a starting role and actually left Fresno State on pretty good terms with his work ethic and just his ability to play multiple positions. Another name to keep in mind from Fresno State, Tyler Klutz, who shined really well as a defensive end.
0: Yeah, and... uh... It, it, Clovis tends to put out player after player. And another one that's that's walking on to Fresno State at the moment um, is Josh Hokett. And he is actually um, has signed with the Bulldogs for wrestling. And he walked on to the football team. So that, that's going to be something interesting. Because I actually got a chance to watch him last season at a Clovis High game and he was probably one of the better players on the field and he was a running back so uh, i don't know he's where a, he's
1: another he's another workaholic
0: i don't know I where mean, he's going to play if he if he's walking on if it's going to be running back or somewhere else
1: yeah but you know what i think the thing with Hockett though is that he's not only a workaholic but his stamina is incredible and that goes back to his wrestling background now i've seen him play the safety spot i've seen him play running back so i would imagine that because Fresno State's lack of depth at corner, especially at the safety spot, they're probably going to move him over to safety if it comes down to it. But you know, he's another Culberson guy. He's another local kid who comes from a school that actually has had a pretty solid relationship with Fresno State. So you know, he could be another one of those guys who could sneak up on some people.
0: Yeah, and and, and I know you mentioned earlier one, uh, one of the other people, one of the other players who were walking on. Kalon Milton why don't you go ahead and Kalon name? Milton Kalon Milton. sorry I, I tend to say names <laughs> a little
1: bit different than others <laughs> but uh, tell us a little bit more about Milton you know when I saw Matt Buchanan he wasn't the biggest guy he wasn't the fastest but he had this attitude of I'm going to outwork you I'm going to still hustle hard I'm not going to I'm not going to let my heart stop until the fourth quarter is over so I mean, just he has that dog mindset. He has that attitude of still wanting to be just out there, just grinding away, just fighting for what he believes in, just scrapping and scrapping. He was more of the same at Fresno City. In fact, from what I learned, he actually emerged as Fresno City's most physical and the top lockdown corner. And so that right there should bode well for Fresno State in terms of bringing in a guy like Milton.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, it's depth that f- f- the bulldogs are gonna need, and you know, it, it looks like they are addressing those needs uh, as far as the the cornerback position is going. And so I, I mean, uh, keep it coming. I mean f- f- Fresno needs all the help they can get. I mean, they were picked for, they were picked to finish fourth this season uh, in their division. Although I got a sense from uh, from Coach Deruder today that uh, he was not happy with that uh, with that prediction of where they're going to land, and so well,
1: I mean the thing is, is that if you're picked a, if you're picked fourth in the six team division, I mean I'd be pretty mad too.
0: <laughs> well, he pretty much said that uh, because it was the media that chose uh, where the Bulldogs were going to land. He says I don't listen to the media. <laughs> I mean, he goes that they're making a decision. How many times has the media been wrong? I can count, uh, you know plenty of times they've been wrong. <laughs> so he is, uh, he is kind of challenging that. And he said his players were not happy about that uh, being picked fourth. And so they're gonna, they're gonna come out this season with a chip on their shoulder. So we'll have to wait and see what kind of, a, what kind of, you know, what kind of an attitude the Bulldogs come out this. But, season.
1: you know, I mean, I. I I do have to mention this. It's like, I mean, just because a magazine or even a local newspaper has Fresno State near the bottom, it doesn't necessarily mean that the players should be like, oh, like we're fourth, so we should play like fourth place or play like fifth place. No, you're going to have guys who are irate. You're going to have guys who clearly are pissed off. And you know what? If I'm in that locker room, if I'm wearing the Bulldog uniform, I mean, I'm going to want to play with some guys who are mad about their ranking as well. I'm going to want to play with some guys who are motivated like that.
0: Yeah, and they're definitely definitely going to have to come out with a chip on their shoulder and uh, and really just uh, you know really make a statement of where they really belong in the league. And so you know only time will tell. I mean, I'll be able to see just how hard they're working at practice this uh, this. As
1: it was, I mean, you saw last year. I mean, not much was expected out of San Diego State. And the Aztecs still won the Mountain West. And not only that, Nevada was anticipated to have it down here, but Nevada though still managed to be a bowl team. Same thing with San Jose State. And I mean, you can also consider Utah State so and New Mexico. New Mexico was probably the big surprise, especially with how they were able to beat Boise State. So I mean, this is the beauty of college football. It's like the teams you predict either will do good or they'll they'll fold. And then the teams you don't think will do good actually end up having a really fine year to the point where people are starting to take notice. And you may even have some bandwagon jumpers as well.
0: Well, I, I predict that the uh, the West, Western Division is is going to be pretty balanced this season. I mean, there's going to be uh, – I mean, even UNLV is going to come out swinging. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I think that they have put together a few good recruiting classes and they're going to surprise a lot of people.
1: And I want to clarify, too, I mentioned in the Bulldog Insider how UNLV – I meant to say UNLV actually had the second-best recruiting class in the Mountain West. Not in the nation, the second-best recruiting class in the Mountain West. And there's just something that Tony Sanchez is doing that just really gets people glued to wanting to come to Sin City and play play some football. Now, granted, Sanchez is used to recruiting because he was at Bishop Gorman, and when you're a private school like Gorman, you have no choice but to use the R word. But – He's actually he's actually starting to use it to his advantage at a school that needs all the help it can get.
0: Yeah, and he's uh, he's been able to kind of lure some of those players in there. And you know, like I said, they are going to surprise some people this year. They are going to, if if not win some of these close ones, they're going to take some of these teams to the wire on on, on some of these games that they didn't expect to you know be in. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit different to to watch this year. The Western division, I think it's pretty wide open, even though everybody's predicting San Diego State to take it. I'm not so sure about that. I I think somebody else might be able to get in there and sneak up and take that that division.
1: Here's the thing with San Diego State. They haven't really always been known for establishing consistency. Like if they win 10 or 11 games one year, chances are they dip the following year. So hence why there's still that part of me that's hesitant about wanting to pick San Diego State as the shoe-in to win that division, that side of the Mountain West. But, you know, time will tell. And not only that, I mean, I'm with you. I feel like that it's going to be pretty wide open. It's pretty much like anybody's game. Granted, the one team I probably will be willing to write off is Hawaii just because the academic, the athletic issues that they have, and plus transitioning with Nick Rolovich. So, I mean, it's pretty much a transition year on the island, but I mean, everybody else out there is pretty much a free for all.
0: Yeah, I I am yeah, I agree with you. Hawaii is probably the exception of the whole division. Um even Jackson would agree with you. Uh Hawaii's had it's it's fair amount of issues as far as getting things rolling over there. So, I um, I'm not I'm not sold on Hawaii making it out of the cellar, but uh everybody else is going to be fighting for position in that Western Conference. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season, and I think uh, I think we're going to be geared up for it this year.
1: Yeah, I am ready for it, and hopefully, you've done your push-ups, your uh, bench pressing, and all that. You are ready for this season.
0: Oh, I am getting ready, and uh, and we're we're getting ourselves going so that we can uh, get the coverage, uh, you know, all the coverage we can on it, and we we have. Uh, we have a plan of attack, don't we, Lorenzo? I mean, we've we've been trying to set up schedules for people to go out to practices. Uh, I, I think we're going to have plenty of coverage this coming season, yeah, so keep an eye not, out. For we're me.
1: not four-star generals, but we do have a, a plan of attack in place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are trying to coordinate everything. And, of course, you know, during the season, I'll have Lorenzo on, I'll have uh, Jackson on, and maybe we'll fit in. You know, some special guests on the show—something that Jackson's been working on—and and and see if we can just take the show to a next level. So yeah, and not
1: only that—I mean, we're we're branching out. We don't want people to think that this is always going to be a two-person team. No, we're going to bring in guests. We're going to treat this like a radio show. We we might bring in some former Bulldogs to bring their knowledge and expertise. On certain situations, we're also going to look to track down recruits, especially on my end. And you know what? We might even open it up to the fans as well. So you know what? We're gonna we're gonna always find ways to take this thing and take it to new heights.
0: Oh yeah, and and we're we're working on that. So today we were in, we went in a little we went solo today only basically because we thought some of this information needed to get out, and also because you know we wanted to get the show rolling again. And there's it's only, the month to do it.
1: It's the yeah, perfect month to it,
0: do it, and right now is the time to do it. And uh, Lorenzo and I were just going to have to kind of schedule our podcasts during the week because we still have Friday night football that we're going to be doing throughout the season for high school football, but we also want to give this one its fair attention as well, and and not to mention our new video premium podcast yeah. that Jackson will jump on. So you know we're trying to get everything scheduled out.
1: We are mapping things out. We are plowing the road and we're we're good and going we're good and running
0: so that being said lorenzo um we're gonna go ahead and just you know shut this one down even though it's not our customary hour but you know we're we're getting the show started and once practices start we'll have more to talk about so we're, Mm -hmm. we're just gonna go ahead and just start wrapping it up so lorenzo why don't you let people know how they can get a hold of us
1: So you can follow at Red Wave Report on Twitter. Once again, at Red Wave Report on Twitter. And if you want any additional news on Fresno State, follow me on Twitter at LJ underscore Reina. Once again, at LJ underscore Reyna. Also, I got a Facebook page set up like the page Lorenzo Reyna. I have a lot of insight on high school football. Also got insight on what goes on at Fresno State. Already close to 130 likes. Keep it coming.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, just keep checking back because we'll have continuing coverage of Fresno state. You know, head over to the barkboard. We've got plenty of new articles, new coverage stories, new videos, new everything heading up on the barkboard um constantly. And as soon as you know practices are starting, those are going to start coming more rapidly and at a faster pace. So make sure you check back at the barkboard.com. Um also uh, in in the works We are going to have a live chat room being added. uh, So look out for that because I'm going to start doing some beta testing on a new chat room format. So uh, for those of you who are interested in that, because I know some of you have been requesting it, we are working on it and it will be up soon for people to test out. So again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and join us back again next time as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.